with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we turn our focus and our attention this morning to this passage and as we try to unpack it and try to understand what Paul was writing to the folks at Colossae, Father, how we can apply that, look at that for our lives today. Lord, I pray that you would speak. God, that you would use these moments to to edify your name, to, Father, to lift high, to magnify the name that is above every name. Lord, I, I don't, as you know this, but Father, we don't want just to gain knowledge. We, we want what Paul prayed. And so, would you allow that to come about and allow those words to, to come out? even in the message this morning. For it's not just about a knowledge, but it's about living that out. So Lord, I pray that you would challenge me, continue to do that. You would challenge and encourage us from your word this morning. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I've entitled the message... Love or devotion, which leads to intercessory prayer. Love and devotion leads to this prayer. Verses 3 down through verse 14, Paul introduces himself, and as he introduces himself, he prays for the people at Colossae. It is a prayer that... If you just read that section or that prayer, you would think that Paul knew exactly who they were. You would think that he had spent so much time with them, but he had never seen their face. And they had never seen his face. Yet, he loved them. And he loved them so much that he prayed deeply, earnestly, continually for these at Colossae. I have broken this prayer in verses 9 through 14, this intercessory prayer, down in two points. The first is this, intercessory prayer is asking on account of others. It is asking God about others. That is what intercessory prayer is, and that's what you and I are called to, that's what Paul was called to. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to pray for one another. And so I want you to see what Paul asks for on behalf of the Colossians and see if that's what you and I ask for when we pray for others. Paul, in this passage, he reiterates what he's already asking 
back in verses 3 through 8. We saw that last week. There's a number of things that he reemphasizes, speaks of again. Hey, here's what I'm praying for. Here's what we have been praying for. Ever since we heard the day that you believed in Christ, this is what we have continually been lifting up to the Father. Paul loved these folks, and he had never even seen them. He was lifting them up to the Father as if they were kids of his or as if they were best friends of his, yet he had not even laid eyes on them. Look what he asked for. If you look there in verse 9 and 10, here are a couple of things that he asked for. We haven't ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. That that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will for their lives. That they would not only be filled with the knowledge of His will, but they would be filled also in all spiritual wisdom. They would be filled in understanding. And they would be filled so that they would walk in a manner worthy of God. That they would please Him. Paul is asking that these folks in Colossae would be pleasing to God, that they would be bearing fruit in every good work, and that they would be increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul asked over and over and over again for these things. So here we are. I know that you love these things that I'm about to say because I used to Love, or was it loath? Pop quiz. Everybody take out a sheet of paper? No, just kidding. Four questions for you. I think I wrote down four. Yep, four questions. First question. What's the will of God for your life? Think about that for a second. What is God's will... For you. That's a huge question. It's a huge section of of one's life for, for somebody to say, hey, this is God's will for me. I've spoken with people and they have come and they've been in their 60s and their 70s and they've said, I don't know what God's will is for my life. 60 and 70 years old. It's not too late to find it, but 60 or 70 years. I I believe I know what a person is asking when they ask that question or when that question is asked and They want to know if God wants them to stay in the job that they're in or if He wants them to take another job that might be offered. They want to know, do I need to stay in this relationship that's kind of having some waves or do I need to go find another relationship to be in? Do I need to stay in this marriage or do I just need to give it all up and go find another marriage? Honestly, those things, although they may be huge for you, 
That may be what you're thinking of when you read those words or you ask that question of yourself to find the will of God. But they're not even close to being huge for God. I answered that question a couple of ways. Number one, God wants you to stay married to the person that you're married to right now. Sorry, Paige. He wants you to stay married to the person that you're married to right now. If it's your first marriage, he wants that to be your last marriage until they die or you die. If it's your 21st marriage, he wants you that to be your 21st marriage, your last marriage until you die or they die. He loves you and your marriage, my marriage with Paige is an example of his love for the church and that's a picture for all the world. The job issue or the place where you live, it's important to you. But I've come to realize and believe this statement. That God is more concerned with the journey. He's more concerned with the journey that you're on, that He has you on, than the spot, the answer to Do I need that job? Do I leave this job for that job? Do I leave this house for that house? He's more attuned and fixed about the journey. Do I think that he directs a person uh, from one livelihood to another or through one open door? Yes, I do. Definitely. And if he opens the door, you and I should obey and walk through it. But His will for your life is so much more than a job, a house, a relationship. His will for our lives goes into what Paul's praying for. His will for your life is exactly what Paul said and asked for of those at Colossae. He asked that they would be filled with the knowledge of His will. They would be filled with all spiritual wisdom. They would have all understanding so that they could walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, so that they could bear fruit, so that they could mature, so that they could be complete. Which leads to question number two. Today, right now, if you looked at your life How are you being filled? How are you being filled with the knowledge of His will? With all spiritual wisdom, with all understanding. How are you being filled today? Well, one way I believe that you are is you're sitting here and every Sunday, if you come every Sunday, there's 30 minutes that I preach Okay, there's 40 minutes that I preach, and if you take those 40 minutes each week, and you were to be here every week for 52 weeks, that would be 34 and two-thirds hours of teaching, if you're here every week, out of 8,760 hours 34 hours and 40 minutes. That's a good start. 
But is that it? This week, what, what did you read in God's Word? What passage did, did you spend time? Five minutes, ten minutes on Monday, on Tuesday, on Thursday, Wednesday, Friday. Where are you getting wisdom from? Paul asked that God would give them all spiritual wisdom and all understanding as he is praying for them because he understands what they're living in even though he has never seen them. He understands what's going on at Colossae because it's going on at Rome, it's going on at Philippi, it's going on at Crete, it's going on in Jerusalem, it's going on in Antioch and it is only intensifying and he is praying for those at Colossae and he prays for you and me and I pray for you and me that our lives would be filled with the knowledge of His will, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Are you gaining your wisdom from the things of this world? Are we gaining our wisdom from USA Today, from Fox News, from CNN, from the Commercial Appeal, from Wall Street? Is that how, is that how we're making decisions? Third question, how's the quiz going? we got two more. How's the quiz going? Third question, in this intercessory prayer that Paul has for those at Colossae and how we can apply it to our lives, he states that his prayer is that they would have, that they would bear fruit and so I asked this question of myself this week and I asked the question, this morning for all of us. Where is the fruit in your life that Paul speaks of in Colossians? Where's the spiritual fruit in your life? I pray. I have not ceased to pray for you. I'm asking that you may be filled with knowledge of His will. That you may be filled in all spiritual wisdom and in understanding so that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work. Fourth question. He closes out this section of his prayer in his asking by saying this. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. How are you going to increase in the knowledge of God this year? This week? What's your plan? Failing is not an option. The goal is for you and the goal for me is Christ-likeness. If you and I are a Christian, if we're a Christ follower today, then you and I are to be like Him. Day upon day upon day, there's this thing called progressive sanctification where you and I are growing closer. Do we fail? Yes, we do. Yes. Are there bad days? Yes. So this steady climb in my life, sometimes looks like this. Oh, Brian's, oh, my stars. Come on, get back up here. All right. 
you laugh because it's happened to you as well. But the goal is the same. It is Christ's likeness. If that's the goal, if, if Christ's likeness is the goal, and that's what he's pleading for for the Colossians, and that's what he's asking of you and me as well, what's the steps? What are the steps that you and I are putting into place to get there? I would state a couple that need to be there if they aren't already. I believe that uh, one of the ministries, one of the aspects of ministry here at River Bend that we have in place is our Connect ministry. It's where we get together on a weekly basis, where we come together and we say, you know what, we haven't got it all figured out, but here's how we're living and here's where we're struggling and here's where we're celebrating and here are the people that we need to be praying for and here's the issues that are happening in our lives. If you're not in a connect group, we'd love for you to be in one because that's where ministry happens. Believe that there needs to be a section of your day that I've entitled Bible Intake. There needs to be a section of your day in prayer. There needs to be a time uh, in your life. And it needs to be... I'm battling this right now, folks. Don't think that I'm up here, I know it all, and I'm working it all out. I'm battling this. I was talking with somebody on the phone the other day. And as I was talking to him on the phone, the statement came up about this, about sharing your testimony. It's like, you know, sometimes... I remember in the past, I didn't share because I wanted that person to like me. I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't know if I was going to be rejected, but I felt as if I was about to be rejected, so therefore I just kept my mouth shut. But you and I need to share the great news. We need to testify to our friends of how Christ has worked in us and through us. I don't know how you did on the quiz. I didn't do very well. Intercessory prayer is not just about asking, but it's also about declaring things into one's life. Look at this second half of this passage. In verse number 11, Paul's not asking anymore, but he's stating into their life. He said, may you be strengthened with all power, according to the glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul changes course and he's no longer asking he's now stating he's, he's now speaking into the people's lives into Colossae's uh, town into this church into these individuals as they are hearing this he is speaking into their lives as he is praying to the father and he is saying to the father these things about this people you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Not, not your strength, not your toil, not your might, but His. 
I'm giving thanks to the Father because He has done three things for you. He has qualified you, He has delivered you, and He has transferred you. That's what Paul's saying. And he is speaking it into the life of that church at Colossae, and he is speaking even today because this word is living and breathing. It is alive today, and he is speaking that to us even now. Knowing this, Paul wanted to speak definitively into their lives. Knowing the struggles that they were going to go through, knowing the struggles that you and I are going to go through. This week I had the opportunity. I put my name down. Some days I like it, some days I don't, but I always get the opportunity to share Christ, so I always think about that. But I put my name down at Hernando Funeral Home to do a funeral if they don't have a minister, if they don't have a church home. And so uh, I got a call on Thursday, and uh, yesterday I had the opportunity to go and just preach Jesus at a funeral to uh, someone that didn't have a church home. And I had the opportunity to minister to that family and continue to reach out to that family. And I just, as I was up there, I was looking at the family. I was looking at the friends who had gathered there. And to be honest, it just looked like there was no hope whatsoever in that whole room. It's not a good feeling. The only hope that you and I have is what Christ has done, what God has done as it's written here, three things. He qualified them. How did He qualify them? How does He qualify you? How does He qualify you for salvation? Well, He says there's no way in the world that Brian Tillman could ever make it because of all these things. I'm not going to go through the whole list of all the sins. It just takes one. I lied to my mom. There, among other things. That disqualifies me. Whatever that one sin is for you, it disqualifies you. You name any of the millions that you've done too, and it disqualifies you. And he said, all right, if that disqualifies them, therefore I must do something, I must give something to qualify them. What did he give? I read it earlier. Jesus. Jesus came and lived for 30 plus years, 2,000 years ago, because he loved you. He came and lived 30 plus years, 2,000 years ago, and took nails for you, took a beating for you, was tortured for me. And even in all that physical pain and anguish, that's not what killed him. It was when his father turned his back on him. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, why have you forsaken me? I've done everything that you've asked me to do. But that's what qualified you, and that's what qualified me. But not only did he qualify us, he delivered us. And Paul speaks this into their lives, and I want to speak it into your life and mine today. God delivered them from the power of darkness. When you and I were born, we were born into depravity, we were born in darkness and sin. David speaks of it in the Psalms, it was in sin that he was born, and it's the same for you and me. But when Jesus died on the cross, what we'll celebrate this Friday, it's a good Friday, 
when the blood was spilt for you and me, it was good. Because when that occurred, He delivered you and me from the power of darkness. Satan has you in shackles and in bondage before you even know it as a youngster. It's all because you and I were born in sin. We're bound, enslaved to Satan. But when Christ conquered the grave, He freed us. No longer does darkness rule over us. We're His. Hallelujah. Christ paid our debt. I kind of think of it this way, looking at that third point that He not only qualified us and delivered us, but He transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Kind of look at it this way. You know that credit card bill that you have? That house mortgage that you have? That car note that you have? That boat note that you have? That this, that, or the other that you have? When He transferred us and He delivered us from the power of darkness, He took those things away. But then when He transferred us, He gave us His bank account. He gave us the cattle on a thousand hill. He gave us all the precious stones, all the gold, all the silver. In His Son, God not only took away the bad, but He gave you all the good. Listen how Paul stated it to the folks at Ephesus as I come to a close. I'm going to read a number of verses. And in these verses, in Ephesians chapter 1, I want you to think about all the things that you get in Him, in Christ, or in the Beloved. Because He's talking about you. And He's talking about me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us. That means He predetermined our outcome. Our outcome was going to be that we are like Christ. He predestined us for adoption as sons in Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of His will to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also 
when you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of, our, of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed. You were sealed in Him with the promised Holy Spirit who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. What a great God. And He's done all that for you. He's done all that for me. He has done great things in you. He's done great things for you so that He might bring glory to His name. You might say, well, that's some ulterior motives. Even if it is ulterior motives, it's from God, so it's good. He desires to use you and me for His glory. Paul understood as he is praying this intercessory prayer to a people that he had never seen. I know that your days are going to be hard. I know that there are going to be moments when you just want to give up. I know there are going to be days when you don't want to say anything that you are who you are, that you are a Christian, that you're a Christ follower. I know that there are going to be days like that, Colossae. But here is what I'm praying. I'm praying that you, you, may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing Him, that you would be bearing fruit in every good work and that you would be increasing in the knowledge of God because this is what I am saying over you, that you would be strengthened with all power. You're going to give thanks to the Father because He has qualified you, He has delivered you, and He has transferred you. Sir, God has His very best for you today. Sir, He does. He wants to impart to you great things. He wants you to spend some time with Him today because He has so much for you. I'll get you guys with this one as I close. If you knew that you were invited to an all-you-could-eat buffet, all-you-could-eat buffet, and it was going to have the best food that you liked, whatever that is, hot Krispy Kreme donut, whatever that is for you. One hour before you were supposed to go, would you be eating pita bread and spinach? If you knew a week ahead of time that that's what you were going to do on Sunday afternoon, You would be prepared. You wouldn't eat breakfast. You would eat a light supper. And there is no way in the world, if every single one of us guys are honest, there's no way that we would only go through the buffet line one time. No way. All you can eat buffet. All you can eat. When's the last time you went through the line? Ma'am, God not only has the best for you, but He wants to use that 
in you and through you. He does. He wants to use His best, not just for you, but He wants to use that in you. That others might receive the same thing that you've received. This pleases Him. When you and I obey, when you and I go to His Word and we read it, just like I did this morning as I was at the house waiting for the kids to get ready, I opened His Word over to Psalms. And as I opened His Word, in Psalm 56, I read these words. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long. For many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? They stir up strife all the day long. They injure me. They injure my cause. You have kept count. You have put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in this book? Then my enemies will turn back in that day when I call. And this I know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Can you say the same as David said? That it's in God that you're trusting? Can you and I say the same that David said? What does it matter? What can they do? Will we champion his name? Father, what a prayer this morning. What a challenge for me this week as I've read and as I've looked at it to try to understand, Lord, what what you would do and what you would have for me to be about. God, thank you for the statements of qualifying us, of transferring and of, of delivering us from the power of darkness and transferring us into Your Son. God, would that resonate with each of us? Would that go with us as we go about our day, our week? Encourage all the things that You've done for me, for us. Father, I continue to pray the same prayer. Whatever was of me, I pray that You would just let us forget it. Whatever is of You, I pray that You would... Allow it to stick and drive and encourage our days. I don't know what the days ahead look like, but I do know that we will go through trials. I do know that we will be challenged, that we will see hardship, loss. But I also know that you are right there with me. You desire to be right there with us as you move us forward. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. The invitation this morning is for you. It's for nobody else. It is for you. And it is for you to answer whatever the Lord is asking of you.
you to obey right here, right now. Some of you need to stay right in your seat as we're about to stand, and you just need to bow your head there. Some of you need to come at the altar and just bow the knee and your head. Whatever he's asking, you obey as we sing.